Hey y'all, how's it doing? Trust me, you had a great day. And tomorrow you're gonna have even better. Welcome to Cinemaniacs. Let me introduce myself, Rick, with my brother and partner, Easty. Hi. Hey, how's it doing, man? Um, I don't know. I'm just vibing with the mood right now, maybe. Whoa. You, you came here by the cab or what? Uh, I came by a cab, yeah. Okay. So this relates with something, you know, uh, like yeah. what's today's pick? Uh, today's pick is collateral. Yeah, so of course. Buy, that's why you came here by the cab. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's the only reason I came okay. by the cab. So you Even made that guy waiting outside. Yeah. Right. Even though, uh, you, I mean, there's a regulation right now, no? Like, you you can't make uh, two people sit in a cab. Oh. Only, only one yeah. guy can sit in a cab. God. Yeah, so I came here alone. Great. Yeah, and uh, you were on the now. back seat with a briefcase, right? Yeah, I, I brought a briefcase. Okay. Uh, and, and I have a laptop in that briefcase. So Okay. Uh, and lots of document in there too. So, yeah, we can see lots of connection. <laughs> I hope the driver didn't fuck up your briefcase. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, he didn't. All right. <laughs> uh, well, it was funny. Okay, yeah. so let's kickstart. Collateral. Yeah, Okay, so bro, what do you got to say about the title, Collateral? Collateral, the title, god damn, it's, it's tough. It's like, it's it's really boggles your mind why they've chosen this word. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think we should start with the title sequence itself as well. Like, there's no title sequence in this movie. Just logo and the movie starts. There's no like, uh, who's starring or the name of the movie. No, the movie just starts out of a sudden. Well, that's that's right, actually. Yeah. And I think, like, there, there can be many things. Like, uh, I've heard somewhere, like, there's a deleted scene where it's confirmed that his name, the Tom Cruise character's name is Vincent Collateral. So, there's... Vincent a, Collateral. Okay. Yeah, there's a theory on that, too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it, it can be like that, too. Like, Collateral, Collateral. I or maybe, it. like, it can be a progression to the movie as well. Like, like you heard, you heard a term called collateral damage, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So it could be uh, something related to that as well, like uh, it happening a collateral damage, like the damage Vincent is doing is affecting every single character in the movie. It could be something like that too. Mm-hmm. Getting it, yeah, getting ev- it. Ev- everyone was affected by his uh, actions. Yeah, you can right. Say. I mean, so Andy, Max, uh, Fanning, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Yeah, everyone. Even that little girl. I mean, everyone. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, he was about to kill her as well. So, so collateral, I mean, according to you, we can say, like, it's the, you know, surname of uh, Vincent. It's, I mean, it's, uh, it's in the deleted scene. Uh, oh, like, all right. Uh, it was in the movie, but it, mm-hmm. they deleted. It, it may be in a, uh, what we can say, there was a, when we used to buy DVD, mm-hmm. they used to have a bonus clips of making all that stuff it was in there too so or it's kind it, of confirmed or it must have related with the backstory of Vincent I mean yeah absolutely yeah because so, uh, I think I mean uh, be it Max or, or Annie or Vincent I mean everyone must having some kind of uh, backstory yeah which, which could be story. visible I mean I mean you know you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it could be visible yeah. through the Just up to interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, action. Yeah, the action. Way they're, Reaction. Their clothes. Right. 
or yeah. uh, the way they are talking exactly you can, exactly you can hear it like vincent is very a uh, public person he's mm-hmm. always talking and sharing his idea about limousine company limousine company right, all right. over the place so yeah you can see the stories you're not uh, i mean the director is not showing it on your face but he's like subtly telling you like there's something behind that as well it's not just uh, the moment just one night it's a whole build up of ages okay so let's uh, you know let's uh, clip this topic uh, ahead i mean the director's style my I mean, what, what, what you mentioned basically Michael so let's style. jump to this uh, i mean his style is very unique first of all i mean oh. you you seen a movie you can you yeah. can tell like it's not like any other movie it's something else even uh, the blocking he uses his own sort of blocking thing i think like act- uh, like actors are moving in certain way like you, you can feel i noticed saying. that you know the blockings were yeah. very specific yeah and even even in a few scenes where you can see where uh, vincent is approaching as a friendly guy uh, to max he's always uh, beside him like he's sitting behind him but he's always right. beside like you can see uh, both of these characters but right. when vincent is trying to be dominant over him mm-hmm. he's just right behind the seat uh, of max you can see in certain scenes okay no no but you know yeah he's sitting now it just popped up in my mind yeah he's sitting yeah. in a driver side when they uh, jump into a divider <laughs> i got it i got it uh, and when he was just trying to be friendly he's like uh, take 600 bucks and something like that <laughs> he he was beside him yeah so, they were sitting diagonally diagonally yeah yeah so there's i i think there's some sort of uh, imagination not imagination but oh. philosophy behind that certain blocking i love that you know yeah it was oh, i really love that yeah blockings were very specific very particular in that film and uh, yeah. we could see him in all the um, movement of the characters or like um, including all the stagings and all you know every scene all the mid shots full shots falling shots every every shot was very particular i guess so yeah i mean they did a lot of homework <laughs> Yeah and it's your favorite genre it's neo noir. Oh man. Neo noir I really love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I seriously seriously love it. There are things happening in light and yeah. lots of I mean, neon light. When something light, is uh, when something appears to be timeless in a particular film, you know. Yeah. Like it's really hard to say I mean it's 70s or 80s or 90s or you know early mm-hmm. 2000 but still neo noir it's it's like a different universe, different world, different timeline. yeah here you just pop up with our uh, with the involvement of a little bit of technology like oh, vincent yeah. using a laptop and he lost his file and it was in database yeah yeah max is uh, routing and uh, keeping track in a laptop in a computer right of right exactly. so there's a involvement of technology as well but yeah you, i can see like the storyline is bit of a classic like it can happen yeah. in 60s as well and it still exactly. would be believable exactly exactly yeah so yeah i understand it and uh, it's it was very consistent and very engaging and you know um, obviously you notice the overall the time span i mean time span yeah. of the particular film if we say we just talk about the story so what was the time span of the story i mean not more than 24 hours i guess yeah just one night you yeah <laughs> just a night it just started with an evening and it just yeah. ends to the twilight time 
like it's just a, uh, don't tell me it's before sunrise <laughs> <laughs> But it was just right. yeah, it, it was it was right. It was, right. <laughs> it was before sunrise. <laughs> we found a connection as well. <laughs> okay, so I mean, we can expect a sequel to Collateral. I mean, before midnight or so. <laughs> before Collateral. Before Collateral, yeah. <laughs> no, it will be after Collateral, basically. Yeah, it could be because Collateral is no more. <laughs> no, it can be a prequel as well. Like uh, okay, we the backstory. Backstory of Vincent uh, hanging out with Transporter. Wait, what did you just say? With, uh, oh my Jason god! Chatham, they are just hanging out. <laughs> so how, how it popped up to your mind, bro? Matlab, how it came to your mind? Transporter and Vincent. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it went of different different I mean, cities or different it countries. It could be like the, I mean, yeah. if you've seen the movie, it's like just Jason Statham pop up for just. Yeah, yeah. Now that thing is running in my mind right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he was in the movie and uh, he was dressed up like a transporter. Exactly. So right. I thought it could be a spin-off of that movie as well. Oh, man. It could be. Other than Hobson Show, we could expect, you know, Vincent and Transporter. Vincent I mean, that would be really, uh, I mean, a better action flick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, imagine they're just Nice, a, nice uh, relation. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really amusing. <laughs> Exciting, though. Yeah. So, if we're talking about director style, I think the yeah. uh, Michael Mann is very fond of nighttime as well. <laughs> night time. Seen his, okay. Yeah, if you've seen all of his movie, he tried to shoot as much as at nighttime. He likes nighttime, and he also uses telephoto lenses where it makes you look wide. And you always, uh, I mean, the viewer is not just a guy who's watching a story. You always like spying on someone. You can feel that in a movie, like you. Mm-hmm. Like you're close up, like you're close to Max, you're close to Vincent, but it's, there's some some sense of uh, what we can say, uh, pushiness. Like you're far away, but you're close as well. It's okay, really hard I to explain it. through words, but like uh, you can see uh, very wide angles. You know okay. what I'm getting. So I mean, technically, lensing uh, is uh, I mean has been involved in this particular uh, kind of cinematography. Yeah. Even cinematography, you can talk about the digital camera as well because it was the first feature film, uh, as far as I remember, to shot on digital. Whoa. So that's why you can see this movies have a very grainy look at nighttime. You can yeah. see in a cityscape as well. I noticed, right. Yeah, silhouette in the foreground. There's always a very, uh, what we can say, Got it. A, a grainy silhouette of a city lights. You see? I it's got it. And in fact, I really liked that thing, you know. And yeah, there is a shot in that particular film, and uh, that was very calming and very pleasing. And uh, just just a couple of seconds uh, that that shot lasted a couple of seconds. In that shot, up uh, an uh, an aircraft was just passing, and uh, the breeze, you know, uh, breeze was just bending the trees near the airport. And the time was like uh, I guess 4:30 a.m. or or so. So I could see, I mean, uh, it was like slight orange sky, slight orange yeah. and little bit fog. So I, I, and when the breeze was just, you know, bending the trees. So I, I really liked that particular shot. That was very, really calming. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah, the, really there, there was. So maybe, you know, what you just said about, you know, the greens and all. So now I can just relate that. 
yeah, yeah. That, that's I mean, Michael Mann is also, yeah. you can call him, like, he tried to de-beautific, he, he tries to do, like, uh, I don't know if it's even a word or not, but he tries to do de-beautification of a luxurious location. Oh, got it. Like, like, uh, like, if you talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. he shows Los Angeles like a glamorous cityscape. Like, it's a right. one big place where you just want to live. For exactly, yeah. But in Collateral, you see Los Angeles, a uh, bit of a gritty, uh, not a place it. you want to live in. It's more like a... So you mean, uh, did he try to just uh, show it raw or something? Yeah, he tried to make it look like even people who are living in Los Angeles for ages said uh, after watching a movie, they never saw a city like this. And okay. they're so he just uh, peeled off the layers yeah, from he was LA. To, he was yeah. trying to make a look... Right, right. Quite Got it. Of that, time. that could have some other significance also. I mean, he just peeled, peeled off layers from humans, from society, from the customs, you know, everything. Um, he just um, made that LA raw. <laughs> or, or is it possible maybe we are looking LA through the lens of uh, Vincent? He said every time he came here, he can't wait to leave the city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can't wait to leave the city. So okay. he was not very fond of Los Angeles. Right, right, right. And contradictory to it, you know, the uh, Jason Statham said, like, enjoy LA when they just encountered in the airport. So, like, again, I said, they would have been a buddies. So he knows, like, he didn't like the city. So maybe he said it with the sarcasm (laughs) as well. Maybe. I think at the end of a podcast, we would have uh, created a really good plot line for that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Transporter storyline. Transporter, right. It's a constant development. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, hey, so, I mean, according to you, I mean, we were talking about the director's style. So, according to you, how much this director depends upon the performance of an actor? Uh, A lot. I mean, is he specific with the uh, casting? He is. He is quite specific. Like, he cast many great people uh, Hmm. back, like Daniel Day-Lewis. He worked with Daniel Day-Lewis. He worked with uh, Al Pacino. Robert De Niro. My God. And all so the legends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, so he's very fond of casting very really right people. I mean, it's okay. a really old saying like direction is 50% casting. If you cast the right people, you're just, just set to go. It's not like right. your work is done, but it's almost like you're set to go. All right. Hey, so among uh, Vincent, Annie, Max and Fanning or, or Felix, let's see. So according to you, uh, which was uh, an experimental cast? According to you. Which one is an experimental yeah. cast? Yeah. Which uh, could be an experiment. I mean, casting a that particular ca- uh, actor for that character. I think I think it could be a cliche, but I think I will go with a very obvious one, and it was Tom Cruise. Whoa. Because, because you, you can't imagine Tom Cruise as a villain. <laughs> it's, it really was yeah. the first movie. Where, I mean, think, even though he did that vampire thing back then. And no, he was, that, that was different. It was actually. like a com- yeah. It was a, like... I mean, nobody take it seriously. Right, right. So, uh, I think it was the first time where he appears mm. to be really a great, I mean, not the great, but still like a serious villain. I got it. Full on negative. But we can't call him antagonist, right? Uh, we can't. We, we yeah. can call him anti-hero. Anti-hero. Perfect. Yeah. So, it could be an anti-hero. And Vincent is, a, I think we can call it a very, uh, what we can see use a word. A toxic side of masculinity and uh, okay. the character of Max was very positive side of masculinity. Mm. 
Got he it. was very over aggressive guy, Vincent. Right. And Max was not over aggressive, but he then later of the movie when right. uh, at the just like middle of a movie, he uh, man himself up and fought, fight his fight. Hmm. Got so, it. Got it. Yeah, he was like that. We can call it. So, what we can talk about director style more? Like, uh, you notice that he they're very uh, tight conversation between actors. You can see, like, uh, they're not talking about just here and there. They're always discussing some sort of philosophy. Yeah, I noticed. In fact, right. I was about to say that, you know, the dialects were also very specific in this film. Yeah. It's not like... And uh, very logical dialects. <laughs> yeah, not like Tarantino, where you yeah, talk about exactly. here and there, or Wes Anderson. It's right, very right. tight. You, you're talking, there's something to say, then you're talking. You're not like right. just chitting, chatting, and just hanging out. I mean, the characters were talking to themselves... I mean, always, uh, I mean, um, I thought they got a purpose to tell something to the audience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, there can be a philosophy about uh, Tom Cruise's character as well. Like, mm-hmm. he he recited uh, that philosophy to himself every time he goes on a mission. There can be a backstory of him. Like, he always tell that thing to himself, what he was telling to Max. Right. In, mirror, in front of mirror. <laughs> he's preparing for his mission and telling himself, like, this is that, this is that, this is that. He just... He just uh, consuming his own philosophy over and over again to keep himself in a mood he is in right now. Got it, got it. Yeah, there can be a thing, or maybe he 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 could have told these things to many taxi drivers in different cities. That's why he was really relaxed <laughs> yeah. about it. Because the way he was telling the dialogue was very rehearsed. It's not like he's making up words and telling him. Good interpretation. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like I mean, it yeah. it appeared that you know he was very used to with it. Like yeah, in every city, say. he just uh, hire a cab and, you know, just uh, grab the guy or the driver. And, yeah. And <laughs> just it. do a little bit chit and chat and let him right, right. him out with a deal. Like, okay, take $600, $1,000, whatever. And stick oh my God, then how many Max were there? <laughs> so many Max. Yeah. And, and he maybe he have a tendency to just go un, <laughs> unlooked. Like, you can't recognize him. You can't keep himself... Uh, the look of Tom Cruise was very specific. Like you can't remember that look for long enough. I mean, mm. a guy who's looking, moving, yeah. very young, looking young, but his hair are gray, very contradictory. I got it's it. Like, yeah, it. Uh, he was wearing gray suit with gray hairs. It's 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 like right, just, right, right. You, you you don't gonna remember it for long enough. It's like it's just come and goes. It fade away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, uh, people used to feature Hitman as bald, usually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so in this case, you know. Even, even talking about characters, I think the city was a character itself, too, in the movie, if you can see. Interesting. Yeah, the architecture of the whole city was sort of a character in the movie as well. Whoa. It plays a big role. It goes unheard. Like even the highways, you're getting helicopters. Yeah, highways exactly. All the also the footbridge, you know, from where he just popped up the briefcase to the streets. So yeah, we can say like you know, uh, various elements of the city played as a character uh, themselves. And even those helicopter shot of the whole city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Following this taxi was so glorious, so beautiful to look at. Just oh, nice. Yes. So if, if if they have asked me to cut the trailer of that movie, I, I could have just cut the whole that cityscape thing and just Whoa. eliminated the actors. 
Yeah, it was so beautiful. I just that that, that was that was really really beautiful. Yeah, I just love those shots. That's why. Nice, nice. And I mean, also other shots, you know, uh, maximum shots. Uh, I mean, uh, from the night time, basically, when the cab was moving, and I by watching that movie, I could feel that breeze or that that air, you know. Yeah. Like it's really calming. I mean, it's like three three thirty a.m. No, not not that much rush or traffic, and you're just moving around the city in a cab. And just feeling that breeze and all. And yeah. Those situation was very serious in that movie. But I was enjoying, you know, at that time. I could feel yeah, it. That I had the same so. feeling, but not because of the scene, but yeah. because of the movie. Like, there are certain movies where right. I just don't care about the story sometimes. I just... Oh, I got it. I really don't give a fuck about story. I just yeah. like to hang out with the movie. You see, like, I just want to hang out with the characters. I, I got it, I got it. And I if you talk know. about the collateral, you know, the... the plot or the story it wasn't that much complex or that much big or that much deep just just a casual just a normal uh, story but yeah interesting i mean the characters were interesting the sequences was uh, interesting yeah oh it 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 went like that yeah there are just certain movies you just want to hang out and just want to watch yeah, it of course for two hours a lot yeah, a lot relax. right yeah it's like oh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Hey man, I mean <laughs> it, 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 it just popped in my mind and also the Darjeeling limited I mean, it has nothing to do with the story. I mean, just yeah. enjoy the journey with those characters. I mean, for me, it's it's whole uh, Terence Malick filmography. The whole movie, every single movie Terence Malick has ever made. There's very little story. It's just about visuals. I, I just want to hang out with those movies. People call it boring, but I just love no, no, it. <laughs> not boring at all for the guys. Yeah, because... man, I'm just I'm I'm talking serious. I'm a big fan of Terence Malick, but I mm-hmm. could have watched. Nights of Cuff for just more than 15-20 minutes. I was just feeling exhausting after watching. And and that movie stars Natalie Portman, my favorite actress. Uh, Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett. Oh. I mean, big actress, big big names. Yeah, I mean, Christian Bale, I, I love him. I like Natalie Portman. She was my childhood crush, something like that. I mean, but still, like, I can't watch that movie for more than 20 minutes. I was like, okay, I'm just going to quit. I so, got it. Yeah, sometimes it happens like uh, yeah. directors get too indulged with uh, his own style and he made something so uh, what we can say self-centered it starts That's getting it. boring. Like like people come to watch your style. I mean, it's obvious you go exactly. to Nolan's movie for watching Nolan's thing. You you go to um, Tarantino to look Tarantino. You just you go to Scorsese's movie to just look at <laughs> the Scorsese thing. But sometimes it's just too much. You have to stop. You have to find that limit. Like, okay, I have to stop now. Right, to, right, right. I have to keep one step behind and I'm going to observe it and I'm going to say, like, it's, is it too much? But in this movie, it's it's really uh, a combination of style and substance. There's style a substance and substance, and, okay. Yeah, there's a really good combination of style and substance. Like, you can see it's a very stylish movie. Whoa. There's no doubt in that. Like, the photography... Mm-hmm. The, the whole um, trying to capture the whole mood of uh, LA at midnight right, and right. the whole mood of chaos and it has to happen at one night you can feel the chaos but still it's very beautiful to look at okay and you know I I guess uh, we have to inherit uh, many of your points for our next uh, point uh, which is the screenplay I mean I guess <laughs> yeah it's, it's a big yeah, exactly. I mean, but he, oh, you already mentioned uh, very good points already, and yeah. uh, in the director's style. So uh, I mean, those things um, could be inherited in this uh, 
topic also like screenplay screenplay it's really complex like uh, like you just said like a story is very simple it's yeah, not right. it's not much to discuss about story but mm-hmm. i can say there is very hidden gems in a screenplay i see the way they handle uh, i just want to know what what's your take on the story then i'm going to continue with the screenplay thing i just want to know first like what's your take on just the story as i already said i mean the story or the plot war was very straight very straight very i mean straight, huh? not that much uh, uh, twisting or not that much you know uh, I mean it was damn linear damn straight damn simple not much to follow yeah say. exactly not much to follow i mean we have to just enjoy the characters their characterizations their reactions over certain situations you know and uh, all, i mean all the scenes we could we could enjoy all the scenes and especially the climax that was really engaging so for me the story was a simple i mean they needed a base to form such a beautiful uh, action flick we can say or semi action flick so the story worked just as a base for this particular film other than that director style or screenplay or characterization those were the eminent pillars of this particular film yeah those I were the aces basically yeah you just yeah, so right. i i don't think i have much to say about the story but still yeah. i mean i'm glad i mean, i'd be glad to know your views i mean story is very really simple you said it yourself yeah it's not much to follow right but i can say there's a there's one thing which i really have to insert and i don't think it was intentional or not but i can mm-hmm. see there's very a strange unordered fate and destiny thing going on in the screenplay you can see like uh, at the start of a movie max was going around but he just saw a girl and she's waiting for a taxi so he pulled off taxi to herself to make her sit in a taxi yeah. so max chooses to bring her to her destiny so it's like max chooses her okay to uh what we can say uh this what i said the word i just forget what i said but i am getting what you're trying to say and mm-hmm. you know the choices of max actually tailored the tailored the plot max chooses vince yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly cab. yeah and you yeah, know vincent was about to leave that cab you know when he was not responding and then all yeah. of a sudden he shouted hey man hey just you know i'm sorry yeah, there's a very, yeah. uh, like so i said like getting it now what you're trying to say and that was really a smart point yeah unordered fate like yeah. there's a philosophy there's a what we can say right. kind of circle going on in the movie which right. repeats That's itself right. like if he hadn't fall uh, for that girl and he haven't seen that girl's picture when I mean, we could say that unintentionally max was writing the fate Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You just make the point. Okay, okay. I got in very smart point you stay. Appreciate man. Right. And, Good. And and I think like, you can see a very uh, in a screenplay mm-hmm. it was very structured screenplay. There was not a single what we can say blank spot. Yeah. Always very exactly. tight. Everything has a point except Jason Statham's. But you can say uh midpoint collision was a really uh main thing of this screenplay i got I would it say. like uh, everything's going fine everything's going smooth but all of a sudden max threw his briefcase oh and max hey, but east and i'm getting disappointed we are we are not talking about mark ruffalo man come on yeah i mean he was also there i mean detective there. <laughs> yeah so i don't know man i just i didn't follow him in the movie much and i'm guilty of it <laughs> 
Okay, I'm sorry. But I didn't But I understood. Him. I mean, your point is correct, basically. Yeah, I was following yeah. Max and Vincent. Max and Vincent, obviously. Yeah, all yeah. the time. It was really hard to follow. I mean, the character of Fanning was like a parallel lane to this particular lane. Yeah. Yeah, so we couldn't follow him that way. But still, Mark Ruffalo was there. And, I, you know, we have to talk something about him. <laughs> and, and that character was very resonant with uh, mm-hmm. the other movie of Mark Ruffalo where he was a detective as well. Uh, <laughs> detective. Zodiac. <laughs> In Zodiac. Zodiac so if if you see the Zodiac, mm-hmm. the the similarity between the body language and all the thing. I'm not talking about look, but I'm yeah. talking about the uh, physicality. I'm getting it. What you're trying to say? Yeah. Right. Yeah, they are very similar characters. Right, right, right. Zodiac and this guy, Fanning. Okay. Not the Zodiac, mm-hmm. but the character in the Zodiac, uh, which Mark Ruffalo was playing, and the character okay. of Fanning in this movie. And there were, I guess. Um, couple of frames, I mean, where we could see Tom Cruise and Mark Ruffalo together, especially in that um, elevator scene. Yeah, just like, you know, enjoying the night, mosey, mosey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which floor? Five. Thanks. I mean, I just love the way, you know, when uh, Mark Ruffalo speak, I just love the way he speak. It was also very uh, unordered fate. Yeah, exactly. They are all just colliding to each other, but never exploding. Yeah, right, right. They explode at the end of a movie. Exactly. So, I really like that scene of that, uh, the club scene, where he just killed the jazz owner, jazz club. Hey, owner. that scene, yeah. That scene I, mean, was I also can't, can't forget that scene. Yeah. There was a bit of an editing mistake yeah. in that scene. Well, by the time he was about to, when he was about to just shoot him, he just asked a question. <laughs> and just like, Answered correctly now, then you can just run away from here. And according yeah. to Max, that was not ethical. Because according to Max, he answered correctly, but still Vincent killed him. I mean, Vincent is like, uh, what we can say? Uh, Inevitable. <laughs> yeah, he's like Thanos. It oh. doesn't matter what you answer, he's just going to kill you. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah but you know, in that, that particular killing in that film, I mean... In Collateral, we witnessed a lot of murders or killing scene. But that particular killing scene was, was different. I mean, I could see something in his eyes, you know? I mean, he was just telling about his experience. Like uh, when, uh, you know, uh, a guy, um, a musician or, or a, a trumpet player or saxophone player, Mal Deeves, I mean, I, I just forget his name. The the star, I mean, when, when he said that he was the coolest guy on the earth, when he visited his hotel and met him. So he was just telling the whole, the whole story. And after then, when he realized that he's about to die, so I could see something in his eyes. Yeah. And that, that was a bit pity, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So that killing was really different. Yeah. I, I understand what you're trying to yeah. say. And at the time, I thought maybe Vincent could just leave him. Maybe. Because, mm. okay, he was a nice guy. He, he was an artist. Like, being the owner of the restaurant, still, he loves to play saxophone. So, I thought maybe, for a second, I thought maybe Vincent gonna just spare him or just, you know, leave him. Okay. And that, and that guy killing just doesn't stop there. Oh, There's yeah. There's a his killing as well. Like, you can see when uh, Vincent forced Max to go mm-hmm. to the Felix. And yeah. ask for a file. And Max says he was sorry on behalf of Jazz Player. He said like oh. he was, and, and and the Felix was like 
he just he 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 gave that look like okay i didn't want it to kill him but okay if it exactly so th- exactly. there was one extra we can say one extra step to that killing right. as well उंट 25% okay just make it 35 and the felix was glad <laughs> what happened to to this guy yeah so and yeah. i think max really like that jazz player as well you oh yeah exactly yeah because he was that. talking even vincent the... loved that character i i i think so maybe not he was just laughing for <laughs> he was just he was laughing and he was looking around so he was just checking oh. out everyone to leave out so he was just laughing to look normal I mean, you mean he was just pretending that okay, uh, yeah. he is drawing his interest for that story. Of course, of course he's Vincent. Okay. He's a cold-blooded murderer. So oh my you can't. I mean, that scene you was talking about, the Felix. I think that was a midpoint collision mm-hmm. of the whole movie. Like it was right in the interval, right after I see. first half of movie. Mm-hmm. And at that scene, you can see Max is a man. You can say like Max is not. Uh, we can say a tamed person. Mm-hmm. he he's brave but he's just not showing it off he can be brave mm-hmm. he can act brave but he's just not showing off he's not like person who wants to show off his bravery he use it as a tool not as a, a way to live got it interesting yeah. yeah that's that's the thing i mean there's a lot to discuss about um, screenplay exactly i mean screenplay was uh, really explorable in that film yeah and all yeah. because of the director's style his unique way yeah, his <laughs> unique, unique yeah, way telling stories correct. yeah and he didn't use uh, any non linear shots or flashbacks and all no no, no such shits i mean not a single scene yeah he just relying on a storytelling even when vincent was telling about his mm-hmm. father his yeah. father was abusive and it was just a story it's not any flashback right. no cheesy thing Yeah, it's just like just I mean, narrative, right? Yeah, it, and it can be like uh, you want to believe Vincent or not. It's it can be like that too. It's up to the audience. Yeah, right. Yeah, just he's just telling a story to convince Max, and it's up to Max and us to right. believe him or not. So I really like that. Did you believe in Vincent? I think I will. <laughs> I will because I think he was. I mean, the biggest lie you can tell is by telling a truth. You're telling a truth and you're being, saying it away like it sounds truth. Uh, it sounds a lie. So people will just boggle around like, okay, I think he's telling a truth. Uh, and he, I mean, he's telling a lie. He's telling a lie, but you're telling a truth, and that's the best way to hide your truth. That's deep. Them. I mean, you know, just tell them. After this episode, you got you got to repeat this <laughs> for me. <laughs> I repeat it. Yeah, that is interesting. Okay, anyways, Isti, I mean, let's talk about the choice of actors they made. I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we already, you know, talk about talked about it, but still, let's continue that topic. So, choice of actors for some specific characters. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about Max. Okay, can you suggest um, two names? I mean, two names of any actor who could replace Max. Max I mean, Max I character. Max characters. Yeah. Uh, it could be with uh, polarizing, but I'm gonna say I think uh, you can use mm-hmm. uh, Edward Norton here. Edward Norton as Max. Max. 
at next along with tom cruise along being with... vincent oh man i mean I, I, i can imagine now yeah i mean he can be not a timid person oh yeah he can look weak he can act weak but you know adrian norton would took would would just took the show with his performance i mean he is after all admit adrian norton so what's wrong in that I mean, <laughs> I mean, he would have just uh, took the whole show, I man. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It could be just uh, extra work yeah. for Tom Cruise on his acting, but mm-hmm. uh, I think, yeah, Edward Norton is fantastic. Whom you replace, Jamie Foxx? Oh, uh, Jamie. Uh, I think Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, that's... I know what I'm saying, but yeah, that's yeah, true. Just yeah, just imagine. Mar- just forget that detective persona. just imagine mark ruffalo i mean a bit curly hairs i mean a shirt a jacket jeans and glasses yeah you know you just told me yeah <laughs> and he is playing the the character of a tense driver i mean who is bit anxious who is ethical who is mama's boy you know hmm. and who is not very perfect with the guns and all yeah. but still have the guts to face vincent i mean i mean i think that would be perfect casting if they would cast Mark Ruffalo as Max <laughs> okay so i'm going to say i'm sorry just forgot about uh, edward norton we're going to stick with yeah, it's it's perfect man now i can see it's called oh, perfect th- thanks man i appreciate hey what what about vincent vincent yeah uh, how about okay uh, just just uh, tell one name that's all just tell one name okay yeah. there was a thing going on I, I mean, we we can talk about how many people would have been Vincent. Like, director was casting first uh, Robert De Niro. Is it true or imaginary? Is it true? Oh true. man! I mean, now we are They talking were, about the facts. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he also gone with. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't know how you're gonna take it with another mm-hmm. Vincent, uh, which means John Travolta. Hey, you gotta be kidding me! Who who promoted Vincent in Pulp Fiction? Oh my God! <laughs> and there was also a thing yeah. going on with Edward Norton for Edward the role Norton. of Vincent. Yeah, Edward Norton has Vincent. Yeah, even That's Russell Crowe. Even Russell. Hey, Russell Crowe, man. So that would be perfect casting. Yeah, there was always a big names. Hey, man, Russell Crowe, Vincent, Mark Ruffalo, Max. Oh my God, what a duo it would be! Yeah, nice. And uh, what the first name you just said? Uh, I said uh, what I said. No, no, just uh, before uh, this uh, this guy before uh, Travolta. John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bef- I said, before. I I don't know what I said. I uh, think you said uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Robert De Niro was casted. For, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Robert De Niro was casted mm-hmm. for Max. For Max. Yeah, he was. Hey, the taxi driver for the taxi, taxi driver. driver. <laughs> taxi driver for the taxi driver. Okay. So, yeah, it could have been a bit of a cheesy thing to go on with. Mm-hmm. So that right. was like just let's avoid this idea. Let's go with something fresh. Okay. And uh, what if I say? I mean, maybe I was lucky at the time of Mark Ruffalo, but not this time. But what if I say Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves for. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, uh, I may sound stupid, but I just said, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. He's a good guy. He can't play villain. Character I'm telling of. Uh, hey, just you know, just uh, uh, recall the vibe which we have seen in John Wick. 
that no, that vibe, not exactly that vibe, but still. But he's not a villain in that movie. Yeah, people. obviously, obviously. He's a hero. So but he I was cold-blooded. <laughs> he was cold-blooded, but yeah. he's doing it for good reason. You see? Like, and uh, in in this character, Vincent, he's doing for fun or maybe for set, uh, self-appreciation, right. uh, for maybe he's an egomaniac. I don't know what's going on in Vincent's mind, but... Right, right. Yeah, but, but Keanu Reeves, I mean... Mm, okay, I mean, just drop it. Let's drop it. <laughs> give me something uh, more interesting, man. You okay, okay, of it. course, of course. Uh, yeah. Let's let's think. I mean, Vincent's character. Other okay, than I'm gonna say Bruce. something more crazy. Okay. Yeah, just say. How about Liam Neeson? Liam, Liam Neeson. No, that that wasn't crazy at all, man. That was a good choice, and that that could that could be a good choice. I mean, Liam Neeson as Vincent. He's also oh. a flat actor. Right, absolutely, absolutely flat. Like yeah, flatly. yeah. He tackled flat contents very wisely and very smartly. We can say very beautifully. I mean, you know, yeah. I've seen his performance. Anyone. My God, yeah, exactly. He's the only actor yeah, I think in the whole universe who can dominate uh, Daniel Day Lewis. I think, you, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, you know, I appreciate uh, your point. But Easty, what I think, Vincent. Skeletor shouldn't be that much taller. <laughs> just like the <laughs> I, I just think. Because, you know, he has to look very casual. Like you mentioned earlier. Like we don't have to remember that guy. The look yeah. of that guy. Yeah. So yeah. if he's a so, tall guy. Yeah, tall guy. But still, I mean, um, when it comes to America. So Americans average height is like 5'11 or 6. So in that yeah. case, okay. It would go like that. But still, so I mean. Still, Liam Neeson is... Yeah, 6'4", four four, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, but it's not that much of a big deal for Americans right, right, and Europeans. Right. So, yeah, we can go with uh, Liam Neeson. Okay. With that. I mean, we can talk about casting all day. Right? Yeah, of course, of course, all day we can talk about it. With new names, new names. Yeah. It's possible. I, I mean, I was thinking, and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 let's leave it. Okay, just anyways. Hey, just tell me about your favorite character. I mean, which you have just loved to watch in this particular film. Uh, loved to watch? Yeah. Uh, actually, I wanted to watch uh, Richard, uh, what we can say, Fanning more. Whoa. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's character. Mark Ruffalo's character, Fanning. Yeah, he was, he was cut out, so he was... You loved watching really, that character. Yeah, I like watching that character, but okay. if you talk about... The real movie, I think, uh, I really like, enjoy watching uh, Vincent. Vincent. Very simple, uh, straightforward. So, finally, it's Vincent, your answer. Yeah, it's Vincent. And when it comes to play uh, any character, I mean, from this particular film. Yep. Yeah. Which character it would be? Vincent again. Vincent, hey man, hey <laughs> Vincent, I mean, you loved watching Vincent, you would love playing Vincent. Okay. You, I mean, you know I like bad guys, so I was going to pick bad person. Hey, that um, cab driver is still waiting outside? Come on, man. No, it's not. Okay, thank God. I mean, they have some ethics. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways. Hey, so the same questions for me now. So, uh, okay, so, uh, I mean, we didn't talk about uh, Mark Ruffalo. Whom hey, yeah, come on. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I was getting disappointed, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I mean, when it comes to uh, watch uh, any particular character, so I think I enjoyed watching Max, Max character. 
yeah yeah because you know all the all his anxieties all his bit imperfections with the guns and all all his guts and uh, all his you know the all the the overall communication with vincent and and the particular scene which i mentioned earlier like when he was impersonating vincent when he was just pretending pretending to be vincent so i really loved that sequence so overall i loved watching and also his chemistry with his mom you know yeah <laughs> yeah so i loved and watching max and i bit. think it was a very typical yeah. hero story as well so exactly. there was a constant progression towards yeah. how he is very timid and now he's he's a brave guy right so, right right so it was very good to watch yeah i can understand it now exactly yeah it was beautiful so and which character uh, would you like to play play same microphone <laughs> hey man isti <laughs> Why you just said that? I mean, I was about to say Detective Fanning, <laughs> not just because of Mark Ruffalo, but yeah, I mean, a guy you know from Interpol, LAPD detective, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. But okay, uh, let's um, not talk about um, Mark Ruffalo. But other than other than that, I would play the transporter. Easty, can you can you can you read minds? I mean, I think, yeah, you just developed some skills. Hey, listeners, just be aware of this guy. You know, he can read mine. He he read my mind when I was about to say microphone, and this time also when I was just about to say transporter or the Jason Statham. Hey, man, East. I mean, <laughs> that's Actually, not. Actually, I think I think you should play uh, Vincent, and I should play uh, the role of Felix. I think because uh, I, I really like that actor, Xavier Bolden. Oh, I love him. Felix, I mean that 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 cameo. <laughs> he's a brilliant actor. I'm telling you, he's he's really underrated, brilliant actor. He can pull off. I mean, if you see him in, uh, I haven't seen movie. any of his movie. I mean, other than this. he's he's brilliant, man. I'm just telling you. Can you suggest any any movie or any performance? I mean, I think his his Magnus Opum is would be. Oh. Uh, no, no country for old men. No Country for Old Men is a no brilliant. No Country for Old Men, okay. Yeah, he's a villain in that movie. What was that film? Yeah, he's 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 genius in that movie. Fantastic. John Turner is there, I guess. In that no, film. no. Uh, uh, the guy I don't remember who played Thanos in the movie. He hey, yeah, movie. I also forgot his name. I got it. Yeah. Mr. Inevitable. Yeah, right. Yeah, his his name is something like Jeff or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I just forgot his name. Okay, but, no country for old men. But I know the Tommy Lee Jones. The guy was in mm-hmm. uh, Men in Black. Men in Black, yeah, that that guy, I know. That guy, yeah. And yeah. also the guy who played Thanos. And it's a brilliant movie, first of all, Coen Brothers movie. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, I, I gotta give it a watch. Right. Yeah, and and the guy who played the mm-hmm. the killer in that movie, Xavier Bolden, Felix, who played Felix here, he's oh. a brilliant actor. I must suggest you to watch it, that movie. Got it, got it. I'm gonna send you a link of one. Yeah, thing. definitely. I'm mean, after this episode. You'll be like, God damn, he's okay. he's a maniac. <laughs> okay, so you would play Felix, and I would play Vincent, right? Okay, let's. Yeah, yeah, let's change it. Yeah, uh, yeah you better play Vincent, and I'm gonna play Felix because I like Whoa. small role, and I'm still a baddie. So, but you see, I mean, I'm really grateful for you. I mean, just accept my gratitude, brother. I mean, you, you trusted me and you gave me the Vincent, Vincent's character. Oh my God. Tom look Post. at my consistency. I <laughs> hop into another villain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, never I mean, you role. always loved negative roles and antagonists yeah, and anti-heroes. Even before Sunrise, uh, <laughs> the, the guy was very negative uh, talker. He was talking about negative, oh, about, oh, oh, oh. Word, negative <laughs> about astrology. 
he was got negative it. as well. So yeah, all, all yeah. happened to choose negative guys. Nice, either negative or small, right? Either <laughs> negative or small. Hey, Mr. I mean, yeah, potential man. Just don't bring some big. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Okay, so um, let's talk about cinematography. I mean, okay, most of um, this contents we have covered in under screenplay and director's style, but still, anything else you got to say about the cinematography of this particular film? Hey, can you tell me something about that particular shot when a uh, wild animal was just passing uh, in, fr- in front of them? I guess he was a uh, fox, some kind of... Yeah, yeah, coyote. Yeah. Or uh, from fox family, obviously, from dog family. Yeah. 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 So, what was the significance of that particular scene? You know, those two were just staring to that animal, and when he passed, they just moved their cab. I mean, what was that? What was the significance of that shot? I, you can take it uh, two ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, maybe the director was trying to show the LA's hands on end, just a jungle, urban jungle. Oh. So, he was trying to show animals, and you can see animals all around in LA. It's very common to see animals. See. Even though it's very densely populated, developed mm. city, but you still see... Maybe uh, it's surrounded by uh, so much greenery, that's why. No, it's not very much mm-hmm. greenery around LA, mm-hmm. but still uh, lots of... Uh, not not much of a flora, but much of a fauna, like uh, animals. Lots of animals all around. Coyote, uh, mountain lions, and oh. some sort of oh. birds, reptiles, lots of reptiles. So you can st- still see them. Even though it's a big city, you can mm-hmm. see animals all around. So maybe director was trying to show LA is still a jungle. It's uncivilized. Again, from the perspective of uh, Vincent. Hey, of you just reminded me of news, you know. A couple of years ago, I just read a news that a lady, uh, maybe in LA, and she found two dogs were fighting, you know. So she just, she just took a dog and just... You know, brought her, brought, brought, brought him home. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a puppy or dog. That was actually mountain lion's cub. <laughs> God, yeah. So I was very thrilled by that news. You know, and just imagine you you're just holding a puppy, and you just ended up realizing that okay, now it's not a puppy, it's lion. It's a you know damn mountain really lion. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I mean, just sorry for being offbeat. Yeah. Okay. So. You were explaining, um, well, the significance of that particular shot. And uh, now I think I'm getting it bit. Hey, you know, uh, in some countries, there, is, there are some superstitions with these kind of, uh, maybe like if an animal just crossed your path. <laughs> just like yeah, that. There's a, there's a thing like in uh, Native Americans. For Native Americans, when I see crosses your road, you just don't walk from that road. You just take a U-turn. Okay. Brought, so, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, okay. So... Even that thing, I mean, isn't collateral also or not? I don't think so. I mean, Delta just... Seriously, I mean... I mean, I think the director of this movie is very (laughs) philosophical. So he can do those things. We could expect that. (laughs) Yeah, you can expect. I mean, it's a movie. You have to be open-minded about certain things. Right, exactly. So I think it has to be welcomed. Right, right, right. So I think at that time, Max was damn concerned about that sequence <laughs> like okay now an animal passed so i don't know what what's gonna happen next <laughs> yeah i mean you can say like um max is american but you're not sure about mm-hmm. vincent is american or not right yeah vincent can be european vincent can be from uk hey, and he just you still, if i'm not vincent. wrong 
the scene when he tossed the taxi that was immediately after that particular scene uh is it so or not maybe i'm seeing the fuse i mean when the animal passed you know after that he tossed the taxi maybe i don't know it seems it happens uh, uh, maybe i mean just it just popped up you know just because of that superstition <laughs> no, 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 no. it happened when they were uh, discussing about his father oh i got it now right got right it. yeah it's very in the second half and again you reminded me a scene i mean you know just like i mentioned that, uh, mm-hmm. just before that accident i'm telling you okay i got it. there's a superstition it ha- it's going to happen something bad and something bad happened something bad happened okay all right all right and you know, like like i mentioned i really enjoyed watching max character so again one thing that just remember the scene when he just you know uh, raised the speed of the cab you know and he just yeah. he, he just scared the shit out of uh, vincent yeah. so just uh, imagine the guts when i mean you know max i mean he just uh, raised the speed and he 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 know like he he could die but still i mean he was just focused and just you know ra- uh, just ra- he was just racing uh, racing the speed of the cab i mean as a as a not not as a character but just imagine as a human when yeah i mean you are in that situation yeah, and understanding yeah it's like do or die and it's like die or die <laughs> i'm 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 telling you the, mm-hmm. these both characters are very masculine <clears throat> max and vincent yeah. vincent is a negative side of side of masculinity and max is a yeah like right, right. you already mentioned and which was a very really intelligent point yeah yeah so they are both masculine they're not afraid mm-hmm. of dying of um, taking big decision or doing something very courageous they're just right, right. bound with certain things like mm-hmm. max wanna live more because he want to put up his limousine company and he right. have a mom in a hospital and many things going on with vincent you don't know his back story okay you don't I know about it. his family so you don't know anything going on in his life or not so it, you don't mm-hmm. you don't think like vincent gave much fuck about his life he just doing it for right, fun maybe right. at this moment anyways uh, sorry for getting deviated from this particular topic which was cinematography we were supposed to talk about cinematography yeah so yeah. hey can tell me any of your favorite shot no not seen but some particular shot from this film i mean by cinematography i would first have to point out on this was the first movie to shot on full digital oh yeah right so we, at, at that time uh, they were shooting on films and mm. it was one of those first movie was shot on digital so it was really really experimental thing to do i see yeah in 2003 shooting in 2003 2004 it's not very common to do that and also uh, they're trying to make a look of a movie they're not trying to uh, impose a look mm-hmm. they're trying to capture the look there's a difference between that first uh, where you stage a scene mm-hmm. to make it look like something in a second way you just saw a scene and you just move camera around in a way which makes scene elevates more you understand what see. i'm trying to say you just there's a two way of approaching things mm-hmm. either make something beautiful or find a beauty within it wow interesting so, yeah so it was something like that they were trying to find beauty in all the chaos all the club and mm-hmm. even very simple shot of a taxi moving around if you see any other movie they're just uh, panning of a taxi but in this movie you see overhead shot of a taxi uh, oh shot. now i got it right yeah, right the, 
so they were trying to find beauty within the city they're trying to make a look out of it you can see uh, lights popping up uh, in a foreground so if you shot in uh, celluloid in a film it doesn't capture that way but if, if you shot in uh, digital there's lots of green which elevates that uh, yellow tint all over the city at night time so it's really a beautiful combination of uh, dark blue and uh, sort of a light uh, yellow tint i see so it was trying to make a really beautiful look all over the place nice nice so i like about that even the cinematographers there are two cinematographers in that movie mm-hmm. so i mean they are very big cinematographer they did cinematography for edge of tomorrow green lantern Pirates of the Caribbean, Total Recall. Oh man! Swordfish. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds. That Nicholas Cage movie mm-hmm. you have heard about with yeah, uh, Angelina right. Jolie, and it's a really cheesy action movie. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, cinematographer are really capable in this movie. Whoa! Very big. Even The Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise's movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Gemini Man. recent Gemini man of, yeah Will yeah, Smith of Will Smith so <laughs> yeah so it's it's a very beautiful movie i just like the whole look of that movie it's right i mean even if i try to make movie sometime i'm just trying to mimic this kind uh, of aesthetic. i noticed that uh, there wasn't that much of uh, super close up or close up shots in this particular film i mean close up shots of the characters or their faces like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Mann tries to fill up the shot. I mean, right. when you see it, uh, the frame is very crowded. You don't see. Uh, That's what I noticed. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Absolutely frame is very right. crowded. Exactly. Uh, when when you're seeing someone, you're not seeing it in the uh, in the taxi. You you're seeing the layer of glass, and then you're seeing the characters. Okay. So the, so, so the city it. lights are falling on the side screen of a taxi. and then it making a look on actors and then you seeing a layer so it always in a layers mm-hmm. i got when it you, when when they are talking there's always a layer of other person sitting it's always like you uh, you're you're spying on them right, the feel right, of it right. like you're undercover cop and you're constantly spying on this <laughs> character good interpretation yeah so, interesting yeah maybe he was trying to make a look out of it and any time you see someone uh, with introduction you can see at the start of a movie mm-hmm. uh tom cruise walking in a airport yeah but you, right. you don't see full tom cruise you just see very slight side of him exactly but very there's always uh, airport is just wide and character is just small in a side of a frame i got it i mean so he yeah. prefer crowded frame i mean be it yeah. objects or characters It's yeah, I mean, crowded, yeah. is more important sometimes. <laughs> and you know, not only crowded, he he maintained it so well. I mean, that was very organized. The frames it's were very organized. Yeah, throughout right. the movie, it's not like and there's certain scene very beautiful and certain scenes like okay, exactly, they just shot it. I mean, and, I mean, Michael Mann just take uh, 80 takes, 60 lay, uh, takes. So actors are really frustrated about it. Even Jamie Fox was like, I don't like giving that much of takes. Got it, got it. Uh, Ruffalo didn't like giving so many takes. Like he, the director is just like sometimes he take one twenty takes for certain scenes, and it's just too much. One twenty takes, I mean, it's really huge. It's really too much. Oh, hope still yeah. actors doesn't get pissed off. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he cares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, actors like Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, he, he's not gonna be pissed off. 
But if uh, of course, I'm going to remain dedicated. Yeah, but I don't know about Tom Cruise. I don't know Maybe if he likes giving <laughs> um, as when takes a life. But he's a very sincere actor, so... I think yeah, of course, of course. He, you can see dedication towards art right. in his eyes. So He's that kind of an artist who always tries to satisfy the director, I mean, you know? Yeah, he just, just like, wants to make him happy. <laughs> yeah, there was a very small movie where he had to sing. So he just went on to Nashville and learned singing for six months. And it was a very small project. Oh, I did that movie, now. Rock of Ages. And it was a very small project, but he still, like, uh, trained for six months for singing. So, I mean, he's a very dedicated person in that scenario. So Nice, nice. I mean, really what enjoyed it. What do you it. like about scene in this movie? My favorite scene, like I, like I already mentioned, but uh, it was about the content, basically, when he met Felix, you know? When he met yeah. Felix, uh, Max meets Felix. Yep. Uh, but other than that, if I talk about any of my favorite scenes, so I would say... Um, <laughs> Hey, all the shots related to the cab. I mean, you know, when they portrayed moving cab or moving choppers, you know, yep. or moving trains and uh, when he just tossed his briefcase. So I think he maintained all the mobilities in frames very beautifully. So yeah, when I could see some... Kind, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that was really organized. And uh, a scene... Uh, just popped up in my mind, which was that which was very unpredictable. When he just simply shot Fanning, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, out of nowhere, I thought, okay, main maybe Fanning and Vincent will struggle with each other to just you know to kick each other's ass. But that didn't happen actually. He was just convincing uh, Max with something, and he just shot him. So yeah. that was a bit, uh, you know, I mean, uh, that, that, was, that was sad. You know? <laughs> he just, how he could shot Mark Ruffalo like that. <laughs> and other than that, um, I loved the, the chemistry between the between Annie and Max, basically. And yeah. uh, when he was calling, you know, when he was calling and she was at her office. So that particular scene uh, was really engaging. And very, uh, that you know, uh, I, I got nail-biting experience in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you, if you replace uh, Max with Will Smith, yeah. Just, just think. About <laughs> what he just said, I don't know where. Yeah, I mean, just imagine. And the character who's playing Annie's character, Jada Pinkett Smith, she's <laughs> her wife, Will Smith's wife, the uh, mm-hmm. the, woman who play, the actress who played Annie in this movie. It could have been a little bit uh, much <laughs> of a romantic little thing going on in the movie as well. Yeah, we could expect that. But you know, I I guess. Uh, I mean, Jamie painted it really well. You know, the anxiety he showed, yeah. I mean, through his face, that he meant so in, well. Just watch him in uh, uh, Django Unchained. He's so oh, good. man. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so of he's course. He's a really good actor. Yeah, damn good actor, you know. Yeah. And, you know, if Will Smith would uh, have placed in, in, in place of Jamie, in that particular character, so I think uh, in that case, people would like... Okay, now it's like 50-50, Vincent versus Max, you know? But now, considering Jamie, it was like 80-20 or 70-30. So that was, there was kind of an excitement or an anxiety, like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? We don't know. Yeah, I completely understand. Yeah, because, yeah, so he he was, he successfully portrayed a weaker character. Yeah. Who's potentially weaker, but still, I mean, uh, at last, he just took the show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But still, so I think, uh, yeah, I mean, 
Will Smith, I couldn't imagine that much, but yeah, Jamie yeah. did it very, very well. I just said it for uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. So I just want oh, to yeah, that. I got it, but I still. Didn't wipe in the same movie. That, that was like a that. surprise. <laughs> that was a yeah. surprise for me, actually. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you got to say? I mean, like editing and all. Editing was, I mean, big name were attached for the editing. I see. I mean, he I hired two guys to edit mm-hmm. the movie. So the other guy who was Paul Drubel, he he edit big action movie to bring that action thing going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. So maybe he had two editors to make a certain look. Like he gave uh, action scenes to Paul Rubel to make it look, uh, to make it cut like a really a good action movie. And he gave some scenes to Jim uh, Miller to make mm-hmm. it look like a very adventurous movie. So the Paul Rubel is a big uh, editor. He edited mm-hmm. Avengers, Thor, Transformers. Oh Blade, man, what are you saying? Uh, Fear of a Furious, another action movie. I got it. So, yeah, and uh, the Jim Miller is also a big editor. He edited A Man in Black, Wild Wild West, uh, Adam's Family. You seen that movie, Adam's Family? Uh, mm, a Family of Monsters. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's a, it, there was a cartoon show also about Adam's Family. Uh, no, no, I didn't watch it, but still, yeah. I'm getting what you're trying to say. Yeah. So. Uh, you mean the, this department was also very heavy in yeah, this film? The I think department, photography yeah, department. Yeah, the budget was like sixty-five million dollars, so Whoa. expect something good to happen. Yeah, now I can understand. Yeah. All the sequences, like. Yeah. And so, I don't think sixty-five million dollars is that much. But still, I mean. I mean, you're talking Tom Cruise like, here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it took a large sum, like... Exactly. At least 25 million. Oh, man. 25 million? At least, I'm saying. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, more, more than RDJ or Chris Evans. <laughs> I mean, could be, ma'am. He, he's, he's Tom Cruise. He can do oh. anything. He can <laughs> charge $50 million and producers are going to pay him because, like, come on. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> Whoa, because it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, you can do certain things. So. Anyways, I mean, so, uh, yeah, editing department was also very heavy, yeah. Very heavy. And you could see their influence in, throughout the film, all the cuts and all, you know, all the transitions. So, that was lovely, yeah. Yeah, very tight editing. And it was the mm-hmm. only movie of that year to be nominated for the best editing without getting nominated for best movie, for Oscars. Whoa. So, th- this movie was best nominated for Best Editing. Best Editing? For okay. Yeah, for Oscars. And I, I really like the editing of this movie. It's very tight, very precise. It's with the flow of the movie. Right. Is, I mean, it maintained the pace of a movie. You Got it. Yeah, it's not like uh, you're boring. You're getting bored because mm. of certain scenes. No, it's not like that. You always... Now I came to know, like, uh, why the climax or the, you know, the end part of the movie was so much engaging. I mean, because of editing. Because of editing. All the sequences, uh, the, you know, the uh, underground metro rails or or just all the chasing scenes. I mean, uh, now I got it. Editing played a vital and crucial role in this film. Yeah. Nice, nice. Interesting, interesting. Every department did exceptionally well. I mean, you yeah, know, based casting is it's an underrated of, movie, I would say. Yeah, we 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 can we can just we are always got overlooked for being a mild action movie or something like that. Exactly. But I have but to people, say 
shouldn't judge like that. Is it mild action or yeah, what? It's, 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 yeah. it's very heavy on philosophy. Because it's not necessary like uh, if it, if there's Tom Crusoe, he just should run and run and jump off the buildings and all. <laughs> yeah. Not like that. I mean, you see uh, Tom Cruise running in this movie as well. Yeah, <laughs> I saw. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think like collateral goes underrated because uh, it marketed Maybe, uh, an action movie. And also, it was bit experimental film in terms of casting or in terms yeah, of everything yeah, in terms exactly. of cinematography cinematography also right yeah so i mean uh, it's really heavy on philosophy if you look the movie right. observe the story screenplay the dialogues happening it's really heavy on philosophy but people don't look exactly at that movie in that way so that's Still. what i have to say no no but uh, interesting i mean we're really you know i personally very grateful of you for sharing so much, uh, I mean, wonderful interpretations and uh, not facts, but your particular interpretations and your thoughts towards this particular film. I really enjoyed listening to you, Easty, this time. And like always, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I also love this uh, film. And anything else you got to say to the listeners? Uh, anything else? I, I don't know. Uh, just uh, raise some money. We got to make uh, a really good prequel about Vincent and Transformers. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm going to open a fundraiser Amazing. and I'm going to leave the link in the bio of that <laughs> uh, podcast and you can donate your money. Whoa, please, listeners, please, here's please, an opportunity. Man. Yeah, man, please, <laughs> if if man, you man. want to see Transport and Vincent together, yeah, Jason's to the top. Do this, man. Oh, interesting, interesting. So, yeah, okay. So with these words, let's wrap up today's episode. That's all for now. Thank you for joining and stay tuned for more fascinating talks. Stay adorable, stay healthy, stay maniac.